Hey guys, this is Tyler Padgett. I'm the lead pastor of the Courageous Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. And my hope is that this podcast encourages you, that it builds your faith, and that it pushes you to make a difference. You can join us in person on the weekends, Sundays at 9.30 and 11, at any one of our locations across the Ozarks. Check out our social media pages to find a campus near you. I believe you're listening today for a reason. Let's do this, turn up the volume, and let's go. Today, we are in our final message of this series, Look Closer. And this has been a, a message series about, um, about spiritual things. And it'd be terrible if the church becomes a microcosm of the world that is so spiritual and yet denies the power of God in the church, okay? And so we talked about several things in the series. I just want to reset it in your mind. First week, we talked about spiritual warfare. Second week, we talked, talked about the Holy Spirit. Third week, we talked about demons. Fourth week, we talked about Jezebel. And then Renee preached on Mother's Day, which the Jezebel message, no, it wasn't the perfect setup. I'm teasing. That was a joke. She did a great job. Didn't she look amazing in her white suit? But more than that, she said some really good things. And I'm so glad that she just feels that same passion and call to share God's word. But today, I'm preaching about something I haven't preached about ever as a topic. And I'm talking to you about angels today. Angels, all right? And so, I'm, I'm, because I'm not just going to tell you stuff with this one, I'm going to share a lot of scripture, and so there's going to be lots of scripture. It's going to feel like a little bit of a Bible study. Look at your neighbor and say, grab your pen, school's in session. Are we ready? All right. We're starting with Hebrews 1 and 14, and my title is today, Angels and They're Sent to Serve. Angels are sent to serve, all right? Um, Hebrews 1, 14. It says this. Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who inherit salvation, who are to inherit salvation? That is us. And the Bible is telling us here that there is an inherent connection between those who are called of God and the angelic world. We don't want to become the kind of church that doesn't recognize that there's spiritual activity happening in the world we live in, in the, 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 the things that we engage for Jesus Christ, like we are also not alone in that. Many times we think we're all alone and that there's no help, but there are angel armies, the God who rules them, he's on our side and the Bible tells us that all those ministering spirits are sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation, say that's me. That's me. So there's angelic help that only comes through God. And I'll correct all the angel myths here in a second. But let's, uh, let's, this is what I would like to have happen. And I read about this in the last couple weeks, especially with um, Jezebel and, and all that. But there was a time in 2 Kings 6 where the servant of the prophet Elisha felt like they were surrounded by an enemy army and they had no help of their own. And the prophet told his servant, he said in, this is in uh, 2 Kings 6 and 17, Elisha prayed, and I'm doing this for us today, okay? I want us to have spiritual eyes open to understand that we believe in the things that are unseen more than we believe in the things that are seen. The Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It tells us that in spiritual things and spiritual matters, and if this is your first time, this has been a tough series to preach for first time guests, I'll be honest, because... It's, it's more of a, you know, there's like 101, 201, 301 classes in college. This is a 201 and a half, 301 level here. But honestly, here's what verse 17 says. 
Elisha prayed for his servant who felt like they were surrounded. And he said, oh Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. There's this song and you know how I love to sing. You know how they won't let me sing, but when I get a mic, I'll do what I want. There's a song that says, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Ba-pow, pow. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm, we sing that one? Do we sing that one sometimes? We sang it before, I think. I know I sing it in my car. But honestly, when you feel like you're surrounded and there is no hope, God is not lacking in his ability to win any and every battle. I heard somebody say, if it had not been for God who was on my side. And so I'm just praying this. Please, God, north and south, everybody, open our spiritual eyes to see that God has help all around us. Now, Jesus is our help. Angels are those that serve him, and they, the, in Hebrews tells us they serve those that'll inherit salvation. But if you have, and even in studying this, I realized I haven't thought about this in a long time. We make our appeal to God, but many times God uses angels to answer a prayer, to bring about help, to bring strength and deliverance. God does all that. It's fascinating. I got on Reddit this week on the interwebs. And I read about hospice nurses and all the times they have experienced what they would call and what I believe is supernatural angelic visitation as believers are ushered from one world to the next. Over and over again, hospice nurses will say it was their last moments, their breathing was pained, they were struggling for breath, and all of a sudden, they opened their eyes wide, they lifted their hands, and a minute later, they were gone. I went through the rat hole of YouTube angelic sightings and I'm not using them because it makes it, it, you know, you can always say, well, that's CGI. And I don't know if it's CGI, but I believe in angels, um, but I don't believe in angels more than I believe in God. <laughs> and I don't worship angels and we'll talk about that in a second, but I am not a freak. Okay. I'm not a weirdo. I have an excellent credit score. Okay. Like I'm not a wacko. But I have seen an angel. Amen. I've seen an angel. It happened. Now, I don't see him every day. <laughs> it happened one time, and I'd prefer it not happen. Honestly, I don't really want it to happen again. But as it was, and as it were, and so to speak, to be sure, um, if I was going to see an angel, you know what angel I saw? I saw the death angel. <laughs> Thanks, God. For real. There was a man who was creating all kinds of hell in a church, not this church, not my church, not from here. It's from another part of this state, other side of the state. And he had been creating all kinds of hell and division and discord in a fellowship I was a part of. And he had, he had something had happened in his spirit and he was just doing the work of Satan for Satan. And he was a, he was a pastor, but he was doing the work of Satan for Satan. And I think he brought himself under the judgment of God. And so I was standing with a friend in a church service, and I'll never forget it as long as I live. This was my one deal. Again, I have an excellent credit score. I'm not a weirdo. Okay? The shirt, don't let the shirt throw you. The shirt, the shirt probably makes it a little bit. Feast on it, just feast, people. I did this for you, Southside. But I saw a, a, an angel, 
and I didn't know it was happening until it was happening. And I, I've never prayed, Lord, show me an angel. I've never prayed that, and I never probably will. But it was a, 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 a masculine figure in a, in a, in a brownish um, garment with a hood. And he, he, he walked like this behind the man. He stood there, and two large wings lifted up and crossed in front of him like this. And I absolutely knew it was the death angel. And I was with a pastor friend, and I said to him, I just saw the death angel on that man. And it was, I think, I don't even, you know, I'm, I didn't run up to the man and say, guess what, I, I didn't do that. Like, I don't, I don't know what to say about all this. But four months later, he was gone. And I'm not rejoicing in that. I'm saying I saw the spiritual world one time and it was real and it doesn't, it's not the basis for my faith. It doesn't change what I believe, but I have a high credit score and I saw it. I have a job. I'm employed. I try to be a good husband and father and I saw an angel. I always am worried about the unemployed people who have bad credit scores that are the ones that have all the spiritual experiences. You know, People that have spiritual experiences that I wonder about it, my first word to them is, do you have a job? We can talk about this. And so, and so with that, I just want to say that there was a healthy awareness of the spiritual world and angels in the New Testament church. It wasn't something that was foreign to them, right? And, and so by the sixth day of creation, the angels were all in place. And the number is fixed, but there's tons of them, millions of thousands, thousands of millions, the Bible says. And so I want you to think of something that you haven't thought of in a while because not only does God see us, not only does God witness, he's omnipresent, omnipowerful, omnipotent, he's all that, and angels aren't omnipresent and they're not omnipotent, they're not all-powerful and all-present, only God is, but the Bible shows us, and I'm going to share the verses with you, that angels are drawn or repelled to our lives based on the lives we live. Let's look at Hebrews 13 and 2. And this is one you've heard before, but it says, don't neglect to show hospitality to strangers, Amen. for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. This was a New Testament awareness. We want to be gracious to those that are strangers because it could be an angel. And so we were aware of that. Now, here's Ephesians 3 and 10. The Bible says that God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom, his wisdom in rich, its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. The Bible tells us that God uses the church to display his wisdom to the spiritual world. And so this shows us not just that we can encounter angels unaware, but that angels are watching. He uses the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places, okay? The Bible talks about the salvation we experience and the goodness of God that the church, us, that we can experience. And it says in 1 Peter 1 and 12, it is all so wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen. So I've given you two scriptures about angels watching. I've given you one scripture about being unaware. And then I'm just gonna bring you to 1 Corinthians 11 and 10, talking about God's established order in the home and in marriage and all this stuff. And it says, because the angels are watching. 
My last one about this is 1 Corinthians 4 9, last part. It says, we have become a spectacle to the entire world, to people and angels alike. Angels, there's angelic presence, just like that servant who thought they were surrounded, but Elisha prayed, open his eyes, that he can see the spiritual world around him. The same is true for us, and the Bible teaches over and over in the New Testament that they had an awareness that there was a spiritual world that was observing what they were doing. And so let me just tell you that righteousness draws the blessing of God and unrighteousness repels it. Flies are attracted to garbage. And so keep the sin out of your home, out of your life. Repent quickly when you do, because of course the Lord sees. And of course we love him and our lives have been changed and we believe the gospel and all this. But down the line, for all the reasons, there is one part of it the angels are watching. We don't worship angels again. We worship God. But he uses the spiritual world. And so we don't fill our homes with junk. We don't fill our worlds with sin. We don't use sin as entertainment um, because we don't want to remove God's blessing and the angelic protection that's being spoken of here from our homes. Okay, let's talk about wrong teachings about angels. Are you ready? Not all angels have wings. Some do, not all do. Angels don't always look like, nor does there biblical precedent for them looking like fat babies. Angels do not wear diapers. Angels are spiritual beings. They don't soil themselves. They have no need for diapers. There are no angels in scripture that play harps, just trumpets. There are angels that play trumpets. Now, some angels have the appearance of men and they can be perceived or unperceived at any time, only Three angels we know of have names in scripture. Michael, Gabriel, and Lucifer. They were all arch archangels and they had names. Um, and, and the first mention of angels, the cherubim and the seraphim, and uh, they had a flaming sword and guarded the tree of life. And you always think of cherubs as the little fat babies, but the little fat babies, if you think they're fat babies, would also be carrying flaming swords and guarding things. And so I wouldn't think that you would put fat babies with swords to guard things. And then why, when angels appear, do they always say, fear not, because people are freaking out. That's why. If someone says, fear not, it's not because it's a cute, fat little baby. It's because an angel has come with a flaming sword and, and, and like the seraphim, six sets of wings. I'm like, fear not. Well, I think, thank you. I think I need to hear that. And so angels are not fat babies. Um, and there's different names for angels in scripture. It's not always said angels. The Bible uses the term spirits and thrones and dominions and principalities and powers and living creatures. All those words reflect angels. And so this is interesting. AI is quite a thing. I went to a graduation ceremony and they're all dropping chat GPT jokes. Like these kids are cheating on their homework with the AI. All right. You, you, nobody knows what I'm talking about. Oh, the boomers are the boomers don't know any teachers in the house familiar with chat GP? Oh, the teachers all seem to know what this is. Kids are cheating now in ways that we would have only dreamed of when I was in high school. We had to like write stuff on little pieces of paper and write it on our hand and write it on our shoe. And uh, we worked out this special Morse code for Scantron tests where you tap, tap, tap and know what you're talking about. But they're using AI. 
okay? And so in Ezekiel, there are descriptions, I'm not gonna read them to you, of high-ranking angels, and somebody took the descriptions of the high-ranking angels and plugged them into a graphical AI generator, and I wanna show them to you. Um, this is why they say fear not. Can we play that? Okay, yeah. Fear not, fear not, fear not. And so that's, I mean, obviously AI can be wrong, but they just took the descriptions and said, create what you read here, and that's what they got. And so those are high-level angels. I mean, so, you know, you're praying, Lord, let your angels encamp around about us, but not those angels, okay? Those angels freak me out. Another lie, every time an angel, every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings is not true. It's a myth that angels were once human. It's a myth that angels are all powerful. And an, an, an angelic message from an angel does not trump God's word. Joseph Smith got a message from an angel named Moron, I, and started a whole religion. But the Bible says, if I or an angel from heaven come to you preaching another gospel, let him be accursed. And so not all angels are to be trusted. Amen. All right, that felt good. I love you, but I'm not playing games up here. And so it's also a myth to say that angels are only messengers. They can do a lot more than that. It's also a myth to say that we can pray to angels. We don't pray to angels, we pray to God. Anybody that prays to angels needs to read their Bible. They are wrong because here's what Colossians 2 and 18 says. It says, don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on pious self-denial or the worship of angels, saying they have had visions about these things. Their sinful minds have made them proud. So we don't worship angels, nor do we trust people that advocate it. Is that clear? Okay. Here's the big one, though. And I love you. I live with you. I have dedicated your babies and married. I've performed your ceremonies. I've not married you. I'm already married. But I have heard over and over from people that my grandma is an angel. I know that is comforting for you. But it is the most anti-biblical thing you could say. We don't become angels. Your grandma, who I love, who is wonderful, who made a great boysenberry pie. I mean, she was wonderful. But your grandma is not an angel. We don't believe in reincarnation. We are Christians, not Buddhists. Like, uh, grandma doesn't have wings. And, and if your grandma is looking down on you, It'd be similar to what we read in the household of faith in Hebrews 11. We are compassed about with great cloud of witnesses. The Bible tells us that when we die from the story of Lazarus, that we are carried to heaven by angels and the hospice nurses wait for the angels to come. I've read it over and over again. The angels are coming to get them. We're carried to heaven. We're in Abraham's bosom. Um, there is some level of consciousness in that story that we can pull from. But ultimately, um, humans don't become angels. Okay. Y'all quit telling people that. You make me look like I'm a stupid pastor teaching you false stuff. <laughs> Humans don't become angels. They can be in Abraham's bosom. They can be like Hebrews 11, household of faith, or the, the, the hall of fame of faith or whatever, but not that, okay? And so here's some true things, though, about angels. In the book of Job, we see that angels can have emotions. Like, they're not robots. So in the book of Job, angels had emotions. In the book of Luke, they engaged in conversation. 
Like, like uh, know that the angel world is not always invisible. Sometimes it becomes visible. I saw it. There's lots of them. The Bible says thousands of millions of angels at times. The, the Lord Jesus said when he was on the cross, I could have called 10,000, uh, time 10,000 angels if I wanted to. There's plenty of angels. And so for me as a pastor, there have been many times that we haven't had enough help, that we've not had enough resource, that we've not had enough strength. And so when I don't have enough staff, when I don't have enough resource, when I don't have enough knowledge, I pray to God and ask him to work on my behalf. Now, I can't command angels, but I can ask God to do something according to his will. And if it's not his will, he just says no. But if it is his will, praise God. I say, Lord, I would ask you to send an angel to wake that man up in the night and shake him and let him know that his path is leading to destruction. Nobody is accountable for that except me. I can pray whatever I want, and I pray it according to God's will. And if I'm wrong, God doesn't have to answer it. No harm, no foul. But if it is according to God's will, I want to put those prayers out there. Because these supernatural beings called angels that the New Testament church was aware of that we're surrounded by right now, that if you could see with spiritual eyes, there'd be angels moving in this place. Um, They're so fierce that they can kill thousands of people, but they're so gentle they can protect one baby. And that is how the will of God works. These people who are like, God is love. God, God is absolutely love. But he's also going to judge sin with a, with a, with a rod of iron. So, so the concept there, you can see the goodness of God and you can see the justice of God. In that, the, the, the angels of the Lord can perform mass murder on the enemies of God. And they've done it in, in the Bible. I'll read it to you here in a second. Or they can protect one child. All right? So those are some myths. I want you to not believe some things and believe in other things based upon scripture. Now, let's look at how angels helped the mission of Christ in the New Testament church, okay? In Acts 5, an angel went before Simon Peter and opened prison doors and brought the apostles out so they could share the gospel. Praise God. In Acts 8, an angel appeared to Philip and gave him directions for how to do effective ministry. Praise God. In Acts 10, an angel appeared to Cornelius He was one of my people. My mother's here. Her maiden name was Talata. Cornelius, a man of the Italian band. An angel appeared to him in a vision and gave him direction on what he should do. An angel freed Peter from prison in Acts 12. An angel struck Herod and killed him in Acts 12 and 23 because he wouldn't glorify God. Not a fat baby. In Acts 27, an angel stood by Paul at night and encouraged him in a storm. Understand something, that these created beings are doing these things in the New Testament. And we are living in in, in the same times in, in many ways. And so don't think that God can't get his help to you. There's nothing that can stop that. Now, when it comes to angels... We don't worship angels. We, we work with cooperation with God, not dependency upon angels. It's vital to acknowledge the presence and ministry of angels, but we also got to approach this topic with discernment and understanding of scripture, and our focus should always remain on God and our relationship with him, and our relationship with angels will not be anything like our relationship with God. And so I want that to be said. Now... I want to talk to you 
about angels. Are you with me, Southside? I know you are. I want to talk about angels as worshipers, as warriors, and as, minister, as messengers, okay? Scripture says um, that, that angels are before the throne of God worshiping. But the thing about angels, the Bible says, they would love to experience what we can experience. They would love to experience the regenerated heart. They would love to experience the power of God in the way we get to experience it. But they're, 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 they're beings that worship. And, and, and they are so key in the end times. When you read the book of Revelation, angels are doing so much to perform the will of God in the last days. Far be it from us if we see the coming of the Lord and we get to know about this stuff that we're shocked when angels appear to do what God said they're going to do. For example, Revelation chapter five, verse 11 says this. Then I looked again and I heard the voice of thousands and millions of angels around the throne of the living beings and the elders. And they sang in a mighty chorus, worthy is the lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. This is what angels do. Angels are worshipers and they are also warriors. The Bible tells us in Revelation 12 and 7 that there was a war in heaven and Michael and Michael and Gabriel are archangels. So they are, archangels are like sergeants or commanders or whatever. And so uh, uh, there was a war in heaven and Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. And I haven't had time to talk about it. And I talk about, I talked about demons not too long ago, but there are wicked spirits as well that fell with Lucifer, the Bible tells us. The Bible says this about angels being warriors. It says, and this is what I was gonna tell you about, 2 Kings 19.35. It says, in that night, the angel of the Lord went out and struck down 185,000 people in the camp of the Assyrians. And when people arose early in the morning, behold, these were all dead bodies. This doesn't feel like Valentine's Day. There weren't fat babies out there with Cupid arrows shooting these 185,000 people in diapers. These are warriors that perform the justice of God in environments where justice is required. Yes. Angels are messengers. God can use an angel to bring a messenger to you. Gideon was a terrified young man threshing wheat in a hidden place. And the angel of the Lord came to him and said, you are a mighty man of valor. When the teenage Mary lacked confidence in her own, the angel of the Lord came to her and said, good tidings be unto you. He told her that you're going to bear a son and you'll call his name Jesus. Don't be afraid, Mary. God can get a message to you when you feel vulnerable and inexperienced and unavailable to do any good thing for God. He can push through all of your insecurities and get a message through to you and sometimes he'll use an angel to do it. Sometimes he will. And I love this story of Balaam. I haven't told it in a long time but it's found in, in Numbers 22 and verse 21. There was a man who was disobedient to God and he was riding a donkey. In Numbers 22 and 21, Balaam got up in the morning he saddled his donkey, went up with the princes of Moab, but God was very angry when he went. And the angel of the Lord, that phrase, angel of the Lord, there's a lot going on with that phrase in scripture. Sometimes 
it's messengers. And then other times it feels like God shows up in angelic form. Now, you can read about that and study it, and I'm not going to make hard positions on it. But the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. And Balaam was riding on his donkey and his two servants were with him. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand, she turned off the road into a field. Angels can carry God's message when we can't see them. God can get his message to you. Even if you're blind riding a donkey, the donkey will recognize that angels are all around. We grew up in the church singing a song. It was an old banner of the church. It would say, um, we are standing on holy ground. I know, just listen. And I know that there are angels all around. Do we know that God is at work? Do we know that there's a spiritual world around us? Like, are you wanting to go a certain direction and there's all kinds of adversity and you're smacking your donkey trying to get going that direction and the angel of the Lord is standing there with a sword saying, do not go. God, let us be aware of what you're doing in the earth. Now let's talk about guardian angels. That's one of those other things that you can't really find in the verse in scripture. You know, there's not like the phrase guardian angel is not in the Bible, okay? And so people have speculated about it. And with all the angel goofiness, you know, that's become normalized. Now, I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but let me give you, let me give you some scriptures to think about in relationship to guardian angels, okay? Now, it's actually more encouraging than you think. I'm not disparaging guardian angels. I don't know that I'm comfortable using that language, but I do want you to see these scriptures. Are you ready? Are you with me? I told you to be like a Bible study. Grab your pen, Acts 12, 15. This is when Simon Peter, had, um, uh, this is when, um, this is when, let me just, let me just read it. Uh, Acts 12 and 15. They said to her, you're out of your mind, but she kept insisting that it was so. And they kept saying, it is his angel. This is when, this is when, this is when the, the, the standing at the door knocking, Simon Peter, and they said, it is his angel. And so there's a part of these people that believed an angel was assigned. This is New Testament, Acts 12. They believe an angel was assigned to a person. It seems like you can draw that from this. I'm not, again, I'm just showing you where it came from. And then in Matthew 18 and 10, look at this scripture. It says, see that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that in heaven, they're angels. They're angels. And so I know many people would say that an angel is assigned to every child. For I tell you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my father who is in heaven. And so we have some sense that there is a personalized awareness of you in relationship to angels. Is that fair to say? I think it is. Now, do we worship that? Heck no. It's just an awareness that we operate with. And so I have come to be the one to awaken your heart and awaken your mind today to the fact that the things that are seen are not all there is. We believe in the things that are unseen, the things that are of God, more than we believe in the things that are seen. Does anybody believe that? We believe that God is ever-present, all-powerful, all-capable, and the Bible tells us that he's got millions, thousands of millions of angels. I'm skipping to Acts. Uh, let me read this story I just mentioned here. This is Acts 12 and 7. Pay attention, I got two minutes, listen. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison and smote Peter on the side, 
and raised him up, arise quickly, saying, arise quickly. His chains fell off from him. And the angel said unto him, gird thyself and bind on your sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, cast your garment about you and follow me. So he's breaking him out of jail. And now I want you to see what, how Peter processes this. And I want you to have that same level of awareness so that you could process like Simon Peter. Acts chapter 12, verse 11 says, And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety. It's a sure thing that the Lord has sent his angel and he has delivered me. There may come a time in your life when you have everything stacked against you and it looks like there's no hope. But there is biblical precedent and plenty of power in God for you to be able to stand up one day and say, I know is a sure thing that the Lord has sent angels and he has delivered me. If you need a supernatural touch from God, if you need a force multiplier in your family, in your life, in your calling and your desire to do the will of God, if you don't have enough help, if you need the help of another world to come in, the Bible gives us this encouragement in Psalm 91. It says, because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the most high, who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to fall upon you. No plague will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. God has keeping, strengthening, helping power through the spiritual world that we often do not see but yet is very present. And the Bible says in Psalm 34 and 7, as I close, why don't we all stand together right now? The Bible says in Psalm 34 and 7, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. You may feel like you're surrounded by evil. You may feel like you don't have any help. You may feel like you're all on your own. You're waiting on God to show up. But I pray you'd have a moment with me today, just like the servant of Elisha, who realizes in a moment that God is moving on my behalf. There is more with us than are against us. There is angelic hope. God can get his will done. He's not lacking in resource, power, or strength. We are not as the people of God those that would actively deny the spiritual realm. We don't worship it, we worship God. But we know there is more to this than what we see. And God has an innumerable host of angels. Hey, thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can like and subscribe. You can even share this on your social media. If you do, tag us at The Courageous Church and share what God is doing in your life. Always remember, God's calling you to be strong and very courageous in all that you do. I hope to see you soon. God bless.